0: Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season three, episode two, titled The Winter Line. Aaron, second viewing, what'd you think of it?
1: So uh, my first viewing, I remember thinking this is a pretty straightforward plot. And then we got to the instant take and people pointed out the aspect ratio changes. And I started, I made a joke about like, you know, Oh, what if Maeve is actually, there's two different timelines here. And I started thinking about it that night. And the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that like every other season of Westworld before they are trying to sell us on this uh, twisted timeline approach. Um, And I'm not sure exactly where it is, but I see, you know, I see signs of it. Um, there's, like, some mysteries that would be neatly solved if we had multiple timelines. There's the kind of unexplainable decay and deterioration of Ford's shack. You know, it's it's been less than 100 days since it was a pristine laboratory, and now it looks like uh, something Laura, uh, Laura Croft or Indiana Jones would discover in some kind of fucking tomb with the dust and the cobwebs. Um, so... I to 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 that extent. I I I still think it's incredible that in a single episode they move Mae from like, you know, the the thing that we are afraid of. She'd be stuck in these worlds with no way out, and they got her into the real world. And I and, and in a single episode, and I think that is pretty cool. But I'm also hedging my bet because I think we've seen her in Samurai World at some point in the trailers, and it seems like that this maybe there's going to be simulations all the way down this season. Um but yeah, no,
0: that I pre- doesn't excite me. No, it doesn't I, excite me. It's unfortunate.
1: And and the, the other. So the one the, the the big negative mark other than the double D's showing up was, um you know, Stubbs's action scene. And I don't know if you saw this, mm-hmm. but apparently uh, the Hemsworth, the middle Hemsworth, as we're calling him now, the quite OK, perfectly fine Hemsworth uh, tore his bicep off his bone two days before that was filmed making his left arm completely useless so they improvised and had him get shot in that shoulder to explain why he couldn't use it and then um i still think they should pay a little bit more attention to how they frame and stage and block all their action but like i'm gonna cut him a little slack because a lot of the other action sequences have been choice in the first episode um so yeah i'm gonna give him i'm gonna give him a pass on that what did you think
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, with that information, it's a little more understandable, Uh, although I will say Westworld's uh, action scenes and choreography of those action scenes has never been its strong point. Been a mixed bag for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I I don't know even if that scene would have been as good as we wanted it to be if all biceps were attached to all arms. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so you mentioned how straightforward this episode is, and it's interesting because you've got some theories on how things might be different with the timelines, um, and I think it, I almost hope for that at this point, which, it's this double-edged sword, where fuck these timey-wimey bullshit episodes. Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to tell me a story about the evolution of a new species, that's difficult enough, mm-hmm. and then when you introduce all of these strange timeline uh, glitches and and twists and turns, it just makes it doubly confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, there's a lot of stuff on second watch in this episode that I found extraordinarily tedious. Mm. And if it's, if it's meant to be read straightforward as I think it is, or as I assumed it was, uh, those things just really fall apart in second watch. Like there's no reason to go back to this because everything they're doing, all the questions that they're encouraging me to ask, um, like, you know, what, what's happened to Hector? Has he been reset? Uh, why aren't Maeve's powers working? Uh, you're right. It's all how a simulation. The, how the hell did Lee survive? Like none yeah. of that stuff matters at all on a second watch. And yeah. so it's very tedious watching the beginning of this episode twice.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, so Especially I since hope... you
1: got the Groundhog Day effect of that. We see the intro, the intro happen like three or four times in a row. Right. Right. So you've ro- really watched it 16 times if you've seen it <laughs> twice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm almost hoping that there's something to go back and enjoy uh, in subsequent watches based on like a timeline trick or something. Yeah, I do think that um, which is weird. I I don't I don't like, you know, saying that because season two did a lot of that and it really annoyed me. um, But you found it rewarding on a rewatch, too. Correct.
1: Uh Um, I think that so like I want to push back a little bit on the whole timey wimey stuff, because I find that the 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 relationship of that being tedious is in a direct proportion to how well it's done. Mm -hmm. Like if it's really adds to the intrigue and the sense like a sense of unsettled um being kind of unstuck in time it tries to sell a particular scattered way of thinking or a mental illness like those things can be done to great effect um and it's you know but it's so it remains to be seen whether this season they do a balance between um but that's and the other thing that always kind of handicaps these shows is if we have kind of cotton on to the fact that there's already multiple timelines in episode two that means that some of the stuff that they're going to think is is are clever reveals for people that are closely watching the show, people that are mega fans, people like us, people like you listening. Um, that's where you 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 tend to run the risk of like you know having your core fan base say, ah oh, this is this is tedious."
0: But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, and I think you're right about that. But I also don't think that this episode offered anything, unless there is some big trick, which is why I'm saying I'm kind of hoping for it. It didn't offer any of those things that you would kind of be rewarded by watching a second time yeah
1: i just have a feeling we haven't even scratched the surface with the simulation shit yeah um, you're, you're probably right and that that can be both good and bad do you uh,
0: know what the winter line is i do
1: the winter line um as wikipedia informed me is a series of defensive fortifications set up just above the ankle and just below rome on yeah. the the peninsula of uh, the italian peninsula
0: yeah just and- between rome and naples
1: yeah, and the, these were the kind of the last defense against the Allies late in the war. And while eventually broken, they managed to hold off the Allied advance through the winter of forty three, from December to June of nineteen forty four. Thus, it's called the Winter Line. Um, and this is apparently the setting in Westworld, just from all the the, the things we know, the map, um, the language of are speaking, uh, yeah. the partisans, you know, like all the different factions. This is this is an late Italian. Uh, late italian uh front of the world war ii
0: yeah and i like it on the sort of thematic uh front too because this episode is very much a mounting of the defense of humanity right like yeah. taking mave getting her on the side of humans whereas the first episode was all mounting of the offense like where are the humans and the the hosts going to come together to fight against the humans yeah this episode is the reverse of that and so yeah. the winter line kind of makes a lot of sense
1: Ooh, and also it's um kind of grim because uh if we're on the wrong side of that winter line we're fighting and that's kind of what serac says at the end we're we're fighting a war that's already been lost unless something right. changes and ultimately uh, and i guess the winter
0: line was broken so yeah, yeah.
1: no uh, mussolini is no longer is, is still not in power <laughs> i don't know if you kept up with the news really? but yeah hmm. About no, being... i've been all about the coronavirus lately when did that happen <laughs>
0: <laughs> three weeks ago uh yeah so i wanted to talk a little bit about the episode description on hbo uh-huh because they're doing these pretty simplistic ones and it just says people put up a lot of walls bring a sledgehammer to your life
1: and i was trying to see they're how that applied to this episode they're going matthew weiner Mad Men on this stuff
0: i guess so uh so the things i came up with um that sort of match that description are Maeve being put into this prison. that doesn't exist. These walls being put up around her yep. and she eventually sledgehammers her way out of that. Uh, and also Dolores putting up this block, this corruption in Bernard's mind, which he's trying currently to get around. Mm. Um, you know, like keeping him from accessing his memories again. We'll see what he does with that.
1: There's even some super sneaky stuff. Um, there's some super sneaky uh, stubs theories that I, that I want to get into when we when we get to Bernard scanning himself and etc.
0: OK, super excited to hear this.
1: Before we get the episode, uh, I wanted to say something. This is kind of a momentous occasion in our life. Uh, happy anniversary, partner. We've been doing this to the day for 10 years. To the day. Wow. Well, and here's the thing is like, I remember five years ago or six years ago when I was writing the about section of our website, I actually did some sleuthing because there's a couple of times, there's a couple of ways you could point to what is, when did bald move start? Um, because our first episode published was, was published, uh, March 19th, 2010. Um, but we, it turns out we backdated that because we actually went live with our PAX coverage and we wanted to have the introduction episode as if it had been out there a week before, but we didn't have the website ready to go until like three days after that. So we did some backdating to to lend our PAX coverage a, a legitimacy, a certain legitimacy. But you mm. could say like, you know, the fir- the day that then, then we drunkenly came up with the idea for Bald Move, the first time we record an episode. But uh, the, the date we're, we're going with is March 24th, 2010. And it's the 10th anniversary. All right. I wish... This were more joyous circumstances because it feels, you know, like it like uh, anyone with a wedding or a graduation coming up probably feels the same way. It's that's somewhat muted. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to tell everybody um, on this, which is now the Game of Thrones is off the air, our flagship show. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the listens, all the subscriptions, all the likes, all the the, the love and support you guys have given us uh, through the years because that's why we made it to 10. Um, yeah. It's amazing. So, I,
0: I didn't think we'd ever get this far.
1: I, yeah, you no, know, no, this is, this is, well,
0: Rehoboam Raho, himself couldn't, predict yep. the, couldn't have predicted it, it, this. Especially after that, that year two uh where we sort of almost gave up podcasting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, we're, we're a giant divergence in the podcasting uh, simulation. <laughs> so
0: again, thanks to everybody and congratulations to us. All right. Now let's talk about Westworld. Yeah, let's do it. Uh we start off with Maeve finding herself in War World, which is uh she's very quickly reunited with Hector, who is part of that world's resistance movement. Uh they sneak past a group of Germans interrogating some citizens to find out who stole their battle plans. These Germans are speaking Italian. Uh I is is that pretty I mean, accurate to the, the I, period? I think some of them are, some of them aren't, right? Like it seems, like I
1: I thought the commander was Definitely shouting a in German. Yeah. Yeah. um, I don't know. It makes sense that you'd have like, uh, I know, many, many, many American servicemen learned like Farsi and and other Arabic uh, dialects, because it's just much easier to interface with the locals when you're occupying them. Yeah. Um, So I don't know how historical it is. But I imagine it's it's fairly historical. Plus, in Westworld, they've got like every they got this like uh everyone can understand every language and it's all ultimately what it, how it looks and feels to the guests so mm. um yeah uh,
0: so then they managed to uh yeah sneak past those Germans who were interrogating some citizens to find out who stole their battle plans and they managed to escape and make it to a plane which is unfortunately a trap so Maeve kills herself to try and get another shot at escape uh speaking <laughs> of of Italian I, I really love that moment where she's, like, just totally dismayed and confused, uh, surprised at herself that she speaks Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I, I don't know why, but it's just a small moment, a look on her face that just says so much. See, and I think that's what
1: makes the justification of rewatches is, like, you know, you just take in the art and the artifice of it. Um, there's a couple of fun little Easter eggs here, like the fact that Torre is, I guess, the Italian version of Hector, in the way that like Ivan is a okay. Russian way a Russian way of saying John yeah. and uh Isabella was the name of the woman who was Hector's cornerstone back in Westworld when he was uh an outlaw right so that was kind of neat um i also thought that they did a pretty good job of like at first you were trying to wrestle with yourself of whether Maeve herself was deluded and you're like, ah, well maybe not, maybe, maybe not. And then once you kind of got that sorted, then it was like whether Hector himself is deluded. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought like on a first watch it was, it was, is pretty, pretty nice, you know, pretty, pretty good uh, keeping us on our toes and keeping us off balance.
0: Oh yeah. And the, the actors do a great job here of sort of bringing a slight bit of confusion to it because you think, you know, what's up based on last season. Yeah. But then you slowly understand, Oh, actually I don't know what's up here. There's yeah. Hector's been reset or something. Um, yeah. And I, I really got that in the first watch.
1: Yeah. I hope we get to see Hector again because he's a cool character and he looked like, uh, he was very sexy and menacing last year and the years before and his all black leather desperado get up, but he's equally sexy as like an Italian James Bond, mm-hmm. uh, fighting against the Nazis, uh, yeah i would like and and also it seems like Maeve has genuine feelings for him yeah um in the same way she does for her daughter so i i
0: hope we get to see him see him back um there's this line in there that Maeve says about if i'd known your plan was to run the whole way out of worn sensible shoes Uh which i didn't catch that line until my second watch but the first time around i caught when Later in this very same episode, she tromps off into the woods in six inch heels to meet Lee to go on a journey across the desert. And I'm like, really? The disconnect there between what she she actually does and what she says.
1: Yeah, like what if like it would have been kind of cool and badass if she would have blown out Hector's bits and just taken his shoes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they're a little bit big and, yeah, she, yeah. and she stuffs she stuffs the toes with fake orders and fake secrets so she you know that I mean, she, she can, can just around turn off them.
0: turn off her pain sensors in the bottom of her feet and just take her that's shoes true. off
1: that's true but I, that probably works the same way with the stilettos right you know
0: yeah I just I, turn I would off want a more stable pain. base but
1: yeah oh I guess that's true I guess that's true
0: Uh, anyway so there's a divergence in South China Sea which is where Bernard is and he's dropped off at Westworld Uh, We get to see the town with the white churches all burnt out. Did you know that that was actually
1: that set burnt down in real life because of the California wildfires and they just used it as is? So I heard. I wasn't sure if that
0: was apocryphal or not, but
1: pretty, pretty cool detail. It was still smoldering, which surely they had to add that like some dry ice or something.
0: I, yeah I don't think I don't the thing <laughs> had been on fire the
1: day before yeah they're not shooting on a set that's actually <laughs> combusting I don't think no but it was a nice a nice effect because I really did feel like this fucking place got gutted got yep. wasted
0: uh, and then we move on to Felix and another tech repairing Maeve and he's acting pretty strange around her yep. She wanders out into the facility where she encounters Sylvester and he calls security on her so she goes to the lab and tries to lobotomize herself Lee shows up to stop her claiming she's on a new narrative and she's confused because she saw him die. And Lee says, uh, actually, you know, she didn't see him die and he wants to help her get to the Valley Beyond. So is that screw?
1: I I have questions about the screw thing and why Maeve would do it. Like that screw up the nose is how they, I understand, is how they retire a host. Yeah. But it can be undone because they did it to Abernathy and he recovered. Mm. He had a lot of things wrong with him, but most of that was because his brain was bulging with hosts with guest data. Yeah. So like, what was she actually trying to do
0: here? I think she's trying to put herself out of commission. I don't know how much she knows about the process, but yeah. definitely. Oh, uh, maybe.
1: So I guess you're right. She doesn't maybe understand exactly everything about her own nature. Although I don't know, I guess, again, I still think it's a problem that I don't really know what kills a host um and specifically i don't know what kills a, a wake a woke host uh because yeah. the gunshot through the head doesn't hurt their marble um so you know what what the hell's going on here um but anyway i just wanted to talk about that uh the, the, the screw the screw suicide and yeah, also there's I mean, she
0: tries to she sees how desperate her situation is how uh much of a loop she's stuck in and how there's no way out and she's just done with it yeah. And the first time I watched this,
1: I had some problems with like, you know, God, they're doing this like, you know, this naked host sneaking around in this glass prison. Um, but it's all... Assim- and then, so then when I realized it's all simulation, my thing was like, well, is like, why isn't anybody watching what this host, this target of simulation is doing? But then I, like I said, I'm very convinced that this was just an elaborate way to test Maeve and what mm-hmm. she was capable of. I mean, it's essentially what Serac all but says. So this wasn't a trap or a way to get information out of her although well, it was. i
0: was f- I, I think it started as that right it mm. started as a way to figure out what she knew about where the forge data went and mm. then it morphed when they saw that okay a she doesn't have that information and b she's k- kicking our asses when it comes to the simulation it switched to the mode where okay now i see what she can do let's let's co-opt her
1: mm. okay that's probably accurate yeah um and also you, you wonder Or at least I do. I wonder how many iterations of this simulation she's been through because she doesn't know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the show wants you to believe it's the first one. But like, why? Why would we believe that? Maybe some of these lazy things, maybe maybe having these breadcrumbs so she can escape it is was was part of the test after they abandoned the fact that because they would find that pretty quickly that, oh, she doesn't know where the Li-Fi cannons were pointed. Yeah. You know, Uh, fuck. What's plan? What's plan B?
0: um and and like we see later you know the simulation is running a lot faster than the humans uh outside of the simulation so right yeah they could have iterated through that many times
1: especially since the other way like maybe they're testing for fidelity and they are if 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 maybe these woke hosts aren't able to be simulated by a rehoboam but they were using that simulated data to build a profile for them hmm like, what if she's no longer a Divergence because Rehoboam has seen her live a thousand different war world lifetimes? Um, that could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, mean, I guess if they this- could get a copy of Dolores. Maybe they could predict her, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking um, anytime you see a straightforward Westworld episode, that's when you want to put your hand on your gun because <laughs> they're about they're about to hijack your caboose or whatever
0: the oh yeah Westworld saying would be. Uh, there's some pretty delicious meta stuff in here too. When Lee shows up and she's like, I saw you die. What's going on here? Cause, and then he said, are you sure you saw me die? You were busy riding off into the sunset. And I feel like mm-hmm. we as an audience are in the same position where in this moment you're thinking, Oh shit, Lee's back, which a is fantastic. Cause Lee's one of my favorite characters, but B yep. I thought I saw him die. When I went back and I watched this episode, you see him take a shot or two. Oh, but yeah. then they cut away, and there's a lot more gunfire. But you don't see him die. Right. Uh, like, and so there's this like very meta moment yeah. where they're sort of talking to the
1: audience, too. No, with gunshots, like I know it's not nothing, but you can get as long as you don't get shot in uh, like an aorta or your heart or your lungs. Most mm-hmm. gunshots are very, very survivable. and Especially the in
0: the future, right? Especially in the future. When they've all the s- conquered death. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They can just weld flesh back together with a little fucking magic light pin. Like I would. I had no problem thinking that he would survive with a bit of a limp and he was still tender and like that all made sense to me. Yeah. So it, it sold the illusion.
0: Okay, let's move on to Bernard making it to the facility where he killed Teresa, uh, and he finds his personal tablet and Stubbs. Both of which are very much pieces of technology and both of which are very much damaged. Uh, <laughs> Bernard patches up Stubbs and tells him he's looking for Maeve so they can stop Dolores, and Stubb agrees to help him. Okay, I'm
1: trying to think if now is the time to deploy my uh Bur Stubbs theory. Um and I, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to get it out there. But first, I want we, we talked about Lee, whether he's dead or alive. Do we know that if he's dead or alive? Because that's still an open question for me.
0: Uh, I probably it dead. Is. Pro- probably, probably dead.
1: But like everything that we saw in this simulation is convincing because it could be true. So yeah. we could. And, and also, how? Although I guess if they had a living Lee, they would do a better job of coming up with simulation. Yeah, they, didn't they would at least very gotten, good fidelity on him. Unless Lee deliberately lied on about his cornerstone so that Maeve would be able to see through it. But then he would have to know that they're I don't know. I don't know this this fucking show. Um, Okay, (laughs) so. Stubbs is going to be put in here to help protect Bernard and Bernard is going to immediately trust all this. Is to be, to be true that he was programmed by Ford to, to do this thing, to get the hosts off the island, and then cover up the tracks, and then retire themselves. Mm-hmm. But this robot, who's got otherwise, we've seen how perfect their gunshot accuracy is, can't hit his explosive vertebra from literal point-blank range. Mm-hmm. That's weird and not consistent with the story they're trying to say. We also um, one of the, the new scenes that we see in Bernard's visions that he goes through and he's cycling through himself and and analyzing himself is Holoris, which is uh, Dolores's robot brain in a Charlotte Hale body yep. is c- constructing another body inside the Mesa complex. Hmm. And that's a new thing that was shot. Mm-hmm. So there is a theory that. The Stubbs bot is like a backup control system to the corruption she enforced on Bernard to where if he goes back to Westworld to uh, try to, you know, m- meet up with Maeve or, um, you know, investigate his own history, that this is like a stopgap, a-, a version of Stubbs she created that will subtly try to thwart his his uh, his success.
0: It is a little strange that he's prepared to leave this island Um Having not accomplished his mission, yeah, they. I mean, he goes there and he he experiences some failure, right? They can't actually find Maeve; they're not sure if she's even in the park. But yeah. he immediately gets onto this other clue, which is given to him by the search of his memory, mm-hmm. which we already know has some kind of, according to him, corruption, yeah. which Dolores put there. So he's following a, essentially a clue that Dolores left for him, yeah, uh, or or at the very least didn't feel fit to remove from him. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a little disconcerting, I guess, if and if Bernard is the hope for humanity and if
1: if it's not Stubbs, who did Holorus create inside Westworld and they're probably yeah. still there because they were scanning every although I, they were scanning everybody for their humanity, etc. like it it seems likely that they're still there. So who else would it who who could it possibly be? Anyway, I just want to throw that out there so we can maybe uh, keep that in our mind as we go through these uh, burstubs, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, scenes. Uh, speaking of stubs, that performance by Hemsworth, the lesser Hemsworth, is fucking amazing. It is so creepy, and I, I watched the after stuff on this, and they said this is all him. Like th- yeah. they did a little bit of voice effect, but they didn't do any CG on this dude. He just d- gave that performance. It's so creepy. It's like there are creepy moments in Blade Runner with androids. Yeah, but this, in my opinion, surpassed any of those in creepiness.
1: Yeah. It's very like zombie or you know old mummy coming to life kind of horror.
0: Yeah, uh, Ugh.
1: and you know it's, it's funny because like every time we've seen someone portray a fucked up host, we're like, oh man, what the the acting here? It's like, oh look at look at the you know what Jeffrey Wrights do, and look at. Maybe we're just overestimating how hard it is to play a fucked up robot. I guess. Yeah. It's kind of jerk, 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 jerk your head. And, and then it's like, oh, my God, he looks just like a robot losing his shit because we don't know what a <laughs> robot losing its shit would look like. So it probably looks like that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We don't have any real world comparison. But I'm, I'm high on Hemsworth stock right now. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say that it's not an amazing acting job because I quite enjoyed it.
0: When does he surpass Liam as the second best Hemsworth?
1: I think I already made an argument in insta take that he, did. he like, did. I mean, what's okay. Liam got? Like fucking Hunger Games. He yeah. played a cuck in Hunger Games, and we're gonna on the strength of that, we're gonna put <laughs> the previously known as lesser and now the middling Hemsworth above Liam. Le- nah, yeah, no, nah, he's he's already above Liam. Liam, okay. Liam's in his d- dust. Fair promotion, official. Liam, Liam's not worth a half torn bicep of this guy. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, Maeve wakes up again this time her and Hector make their escape immediately and Maeve stops short of the plane trap says goodbye to Hector and meets Lee in the woods and they mount horses and ride off into the desert. Uh, this is the scene I was talking about where she tromps off into the woods in six inch heels mounts a horse mm-hmm. in six inch heels rides into a desert in six inch heels. This is not going well for her. Yeah, but I don't know how much there is to talk about in this scene because it's kind of a retread of a previous scene just faster. Hmm. Um, so then we move back to Bernard and Stubbs finding Maeve's body in cold storage, but her marbles missing. Um, they apparently didn't. Uh, I don't know. They, they. There are a few scenes here which are like intercut that might be a little hard to suss out.
1: Yeah, and so someone had a someone had um someone had a theory that the body that's in the hail. Or the marble that's in the Hail Body is Maeve, and that Dolores went to cold storage before she left the island and pulled it out of Maeve's head. But we saw her see Maeve dead as she was like on the ground as she was leaving Westworld, implying that unless Maeve already has a giant hole in her head with a missing marble, um, which means they probably wouldn't put her in storage, someone else had to have done it. Probably not Dolores. I mean is the
0: is the theory that Charlotte or Holoris um took Maeve's marble and gave it to Ciroc? because Ciroc clearly has it. Yes. I mean the I moment. guess
1: the, the the theory doesn't say that but that's like a logical inference you could make. Okay. I mean it, honestly that's that's one of the huge mysteries. How did Ciroc get the marble? Did is just plain old industrial espionage? Paid someone to go in there and and, and cut it out of her head? How did he know that Maeve was special?
0: And and yeah, I guess they, they're a super interesting question, which we're going to get to here in a second. Is why would somebody want this data from the Forge? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the host oh, data is interesting. I, I think it's a little more easy to explain, like why they would want the guest data. Mm. Um, but that host data, I'm not sure why that would be so valuable to them.
1: I don't know unless you've got these um cuz wait th- th- didn't the forge also host the guest data i guess i thought yeah. it was both so like i could see it might be um both. it might be both yeah cuz obviously the host data or the guest data is massively valuable and we talked yeah. about Rehoboam being like two sides of the the other side of the forge coin That the Forge has got all this information and and, uh, simulation that's accurate inside, and that Rehoboam's got the simulation that's accurate on the outside. If you merge those together, that might be like the grand unification theory that he needs to just completely subjugate all of humanity. Yeah. So I can see why, or I guess control, lead us into a promised land, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't know
0: about his motives, but Uh we'll talk about that near the end. Yeah. Uh so then we move on to Maeve and Lee making it to the forge and Lee incorrectly assumes that Maeve beamed the hosts out and would know where they went. Uh when Lee declares his intentions of saving her life, uh Maeve realizes he's he's a host because those weren't his intentions. Uh and that revelation breaks down the very fabric of her world revealing its artificial nature.
1: Mhm. And there they do a nifty camera move where they change the aspect ratio of the shot by uh Simultaneously pulling in and zooming out on both Lee and Maeve's faces, which previously these uh, changes to the cinematic aspect ratio revealing the black bars um, was our clue of when we were in a simulation, when we are not. And they they rewrote that rule to show when yeah. a host realizes they're in a simulation. And I'm not sure I feel about that. I'm not super bothered, but there's like, as we previously discussed, there's so many tools that they have to completely change a narrative on a dime mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just like a, it's like what kills a host in a microcosm. If anything can happen and anything can be rewritten and nothing is real, then there's very little reason to care. Yeah. Um, and they have to be very, very, very careful using these tools so that they're always in ways that are interesting or ways that, you know, there are in retrospect ways we can kind of de- detect when we're being fooled, but we don't know it yet. Um. And I don't know that they've always used, been totally careful and in, in how they use those tools in the past. So yeah, but sick, sick shot.
0: Yeah, I love the effects of of this sort of. It's better than the holodeck. I'll give him that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe I can uh, put some more Hemsworth Hemsworth commentary here because I do I like this incarnation of Stubbs where he's like a less stiff, nerdy um, uh, Teddy. Like, he's just a panache-driven quip machine. Like, Bernard's talking about, oh, or Stubb's like, yeah, you can't you can't make these uh, humans go away like you can since And he's like, that's why I have you. And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm looking forward to retirement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: Good stuff. Uh, then Maeve ponders why whoever's running the simulation would want the location of the Forge data and how she can break the rules of this world to get out. She performs an experiment which involves calling in a couple technicians to blow their minds by asking what the square root of negative one is, thereby overtaxing the system. It works, and she decides she's going to scale that experiment up.
1: I think this is, this is fun, and it, it does work, but I'm not sure exactly how. Um, Like, how does this question...
0: I, I, I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I'm sure mathematicians across the globe were just laughing their ass off about, oh, of course, negative one, square root. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: I'm not even getting to that far. I'm talking about in the simulation, like, if you just came up at, when I was busy... With a weird like, you know, if I came in and there's someone I'd never seen in our studio before and uh, you came up to me and said, hey, d- uh, don't uh, don't worry about this. In fact, uh, what do you think about the square root of negative one? I'd be like, I don't give a fuck about the square root of negative one. What is this dude doing in the studio or yeah. lady? Um, these guys are simulated to be Dalos techs. Why would they be distracted into an obscure you know, it's like it's it's not even the 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 math the math problems not what I'm having problems. With. It's okay. just like the nature of the simulated reality, but
0: what, I think what the, the what, yeah what the reality chooses to ignore and engage with,
1: yeah. And I think that that Nolan and Joy are just going for like, don't worry about it. We're going for maximum cool or funny, and don't think too hard about it. It's it's literally a Rick and Morty plot. You know? it, it
0: is literally yeah, uh, like a season one Rick and Morty plot. Yep. Um, the the scene is very cool and it's very funny. Uh I love the moments with Lee and Maeve here where he grabs her shoulder, he's like, You feel real. And she yeah. slaps him across and he's like Cause he's just, that felt
1: real. And and his office has got tons of busts of her and like uh, schematic drawings, like he's just obsessed and, and that part of the simulation is accurate. And his his also shocked face of like, I've been plagiarized. It, it's it's yeah. really and then his like uh you know, like when when she says, what's the square root of negative one? And the the techs are like, what the hell is this? He's like, FEMA code broker, breakers won World War II. Study your history. Uh-huh. All that stuff is just really, I thought, really funny and and worked well.
0: Oh, yeah. Some great writing in that scene.
1: Although, I also, this is why... Another reason I think that there might be some multiple loops here is because it seems that the computing power it takes to blow the simulation's mind keeps getting more and more. Like, at first, you can make it fuck up by just... Lee realizing he's not a robot or he's not a real person, mm-hmm. it, it breaks the simulation. Then it's two field techs uh arguing about the nature of square root of negative one. Then the final scene, it's that it's every field tech that you can get your hands on in a simulation arguing simultaneously and at length, as every German and Italian uh and villager has a copy of their plans, and they're, they're all revealed to be traitors. Like Holy! So is is increasing the complexity of the simulation as she gets closer and closer, or is this a sign that she's doing this in an iteration? Um, and like the first few attempts, they didn't they didn't they didn't bother to simulate it with that much fidelity, and they accorded her more and
0: more respect in each attempt. I don't know because it does seem like yeah, if it's one... I, I think it's that last thing you said the the respect angle. Like they they kind of like had maybe some you know just enough to keep it to keep the facade up. Uh, you know, they're spinning up EC2 servers, right? It's like... Yeah, they're, right. They're, yeah, 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 yeah. They've just got this automatic process, just throwing more computing power at uh-huh. it. And as she cracks each system, they sort of spin up more in response to her. I, I think that's probably accurate, yeah. Okay. G- given what he talks about at the end with, you know, testing her abilities and seeing how well she did.
1: Also, the some people were skeptical about whether you can do shit like this. And there is... Uh, escaping because we have virtual computing right now. Like I've uh, on my computer, I have a virtual computer, that I can spin up and it's in a sandbox, which means it's completely separated and firewalled from the outside system. But it's a fully functional computer within a computer. Hmm. Um, And it's useful for like, if you wanted to experiment with malware or like open up a risky link, you can fire up your virtual machine, see what it does. And then if it infects the virtual machine, you can just, you know, roll it back to a previous version, delete it, recreate it, whatever. And it doesn't hurt your um, uh, existing system, your physical real system. But... There are also things called sandbox attacks, where from within the virtual machine, you are able to penetrate to the physical machine mm-hmm. and then fuck with it. And that's essentially what what Maeve is doing. And yeah, there's it's also, very cool.
0: She says that, right? She says, like, yeah. they use the same bits of code in their simulation that they did in the real system. And so right. she figures out the simulation. She understands the real system
1: yeah and it's it's probably sloppy and poor security but that's you know that that's part of the plot she's talking about the humans being sloppy lazy or maybe leaving breadcrumbs for her to follow but these are this is entirely possible in a real world and also reminded me of like uh like a year or two after minecraft was created someone created a 16-bit computer within the world of minecraft yeah and like if you had a sufficient computing power, you could probably use that to create an instance of Minecraft running within Minecraft. Uh-huh. And you know, I just think these things like I, I think people underestimate uh like what is actually possible when you're talking to information theory and programming and AI and, and robotics. Yeah, just a bunch of ones and zeros. Yeah, it's crazy. all the way, all the way down. So we're all simulation. What are these? Are these fingers?
0: <laughs> you believe these are fingers, Jim? I what? I just see ones and zeros. <laughs> I see green lines streaming down my monitor. Ah. <sighs> uh, okay, let's move on to Bernard and Stubbs going into the Park Four facilities, where they see that Mave is gone. Uh, Bernard thinks it's a corruption of his code, so he jacks himself into the computer and does a self-diagnosis. As Stubbs, violently but not too violently, buys him time you're just going to skip past the double d's appearance we'll we'll talk about it okay let's bring it up boo boo double d's
1: read the room guys read the fucking room yeah um it's also a stealth the jurassic park reference which i I think i would have gotten organically had i not just almost blacked out from the audacity of what i was seeing yeah and this prestige hbo
0: show i didn't even hear costa rica the first time second time i did
1: yeah, yeah. Which that was the setting, you know, is of Isla Nebula, or I forget the...
0: Nublar, I think Nublar. Is how you yeah. say it?
1: Yeah, that that's the the island in Costa Rica that uh, Jurassic Park takes takes place. Yeah, in, and I so. think that
0: startup probably would have been Ingen, right?
1: Yeah. So you've got uh, you've got a nice little um, you've got a a very nice subtle Jurassic Park reference, which is another great Michael Crichton work uh inside a lousy terrible eye gouging out uh cameo by the double d's
0: i do like to think that engine started their experiments with dragon parts artificially created yeah dragon parts within this park and and try to merge that dna with the dino dna Mm -hmm.
1: the female frog was just uh, the dna that was just a cover story
0: oh oh you think it worked the dragon dna
1: Yeah, yeah. They just, it was too unbelievable. So they went with, uh, they went with frog, female frogs. Uh, white rose helped them cover it all up. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, there's got to be a grand Jurassic Park Westworld, uh, uh, Mr. Robot unification theory. Speaking of grand unification theories, absolutely. All Uh, right.
0: So, yeah, Park 4, if it needs to be mentioned, is Medieval World of some type. We don't know the actual or name. but
1: Fantasy World is the other one. Fantasy Westeros, World. Westeros World, as some are calling it. Yeah. Which means we're down to, we, we've we got five out of the six Delos destinations identified. West World, Shogun World, Fantasy World, uh, Raj World, and War World. There's still one I know last, the last one. What is it?
0: Water World. Water <laughs> Yeah. I mean, no one said it was going to be different.
1: How okay. much different
0: could you get the Waterworld? How about this crazy theory? Let's bring Kevin Costner back. Let's de-age him digitally. Let's get him a coffee <laughs> filter to piss in. And let's go. Let's do this.
1: I'm ready. I would be down for Waterworld. Uh, how about this theory? Yeah. What if it's future world? And that's where Dolores actually is with Caleb.
0: See, ah, uh, yes. I mean, that's clearly a much better version of this the water world but <laughs> i don't know i don't know that that's true uh,
1: but like that is definitely something that could be happening
0: man which... at some point it just feels like it's a way to prolong this series instead of getting to the fucking point that they want to make but, they stick the all the characters is, in cages and let them I, run around testing the walls forever i don't know because i do think that
1: well it just depends whether this is is, is tighter than season two but like it could be possible that each chapter of the westworld saga is telling us something a little bit different that or something that needs to be like foundationally understood before we proceed to the next level because the end game mm-hmm. is human humans get to go go extinct or ai go extinct or right, they right. we we do like a end of the matrix kind of uneasy alliance like there's not very many ways where this show can go like that right yeah there are so, essentially like, three The destination is very much or the journey is very much a destination. So like I'm fine with them, like revealing that, oh, actually, there's one last barrier as long as we understand something. Because like in the first season, the hosts were unambiguously the hero. We were all rooting for them. Mm -hmm. Second season, we see that the hosts can be just as corruptible and just as evil and just as reactionary as humans can be. Um, If the third season teaches us that we humans are also on our own loop. Like, it, like I could see them all fitting together for something really cool and and, and mind blowing in, in season four or whenever they're going to finish the season. Yeah. Uh, series. Do we know? Have they said like how many? I don't think so. Um, shit, we could be watching the final season.
0: Is I, that possible? I, I
1: bet they would tell us if that were the case. Mm, but why? It's so much yeah. so much. Uh, you have people guessing right up to the, the, the last final reveal.
0: That's fair. Uh, it's just that t- that stuff typically leaks
1: yeah Um, well that's that's very much true if everybody was like moving on to other projects you would start seeing that in their imdb pages and their linkedin profiles yeah um jawadi's like "Ah, i'm looking to score a major
0: series uh out of work so there's uh, another little bit here that i appreciated, which is this minstrel playing the westworld theme on the loot that was nice uh and then there's this question that bernard's got with this corruption um you know, he he suspects that Dolores put some kind of corruption in his code, and that that would keep him from building a tablet that would enable him to see the corruption and diagnose it. But isn't Bernard essentially just a walking tablet? And when you combine that with the idea that this code looks like nothing to me, it's kind he of like never be you... able to self-diagnose. Ah, uh, yes, but I
1: guess it's like if you had a laptop that you knew was built by like um a, a hostile government down to its network layer like you could put whatever software on there but you could never really trust it mm-hmm. and he goes in and thinks like well here's a potentially clean dolores wouldn't know to fuck with this potential thing like i i, I mean the logic sound but you're right like the idea that he could be in a simulation or dolores could have put a or, or even ford who developed all this shit could have put some things in place to kind of like keep bernard in a in, in a little mental pin um those are all open questions and good ones yeah. Uh, One last thing. If this, if Park 5 is Future World or maybe it's Space World, I would love, if we're just doing pointless cameos, I would love to see the entire crew of the Rasinati just like piled up in like a QA room, all bullet holes through them. Just, 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 just pan over it. <laughs> just pan over Amos and Na- Naomi yeah. and, and, uh, Alex and, and,
0: and everybody. They don't have to be naked. Bobby. I don't know if they're signing on for that. Oh, Although the, Cass see- has been working over time yeah, i'm pretty sure
1: i'm pretty sure a couple of them but but i think you could just have them in their uniforms like they haven't been hosed off yet yeah. or they could be all haphazardly piled to where no one's privates are shown i mean we've seen steven Straits' ass it's true how many times in the show already so yeah. just have him on the top of the pile with his ass ass up and we're good to go <laughs> this is the this is a giant expanse joke if you don't if you don't know
0: yeah all right let's move on to maeve's grand plan to overtax the simulation it pays off When every single German officer ends up with a copy of the stolen battle plans in their pocket, this confusion combined with the calculations of the square root of negative one result in the entire world freezing up. And with that accomplished, Maeve accesses the systems of the simulation and uses a robot uh, in the facility to pull her core and try and escape. It doesn't quite work. And the robot is eventually brought down by a lot of gunfire. Yeah. This is a really cool scene. I I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: It was really cool. I thought it like the the slapstick way uh, of her dealing with these Nazis was intrinsically funny, Uh Um, and a pretty elegant way to like overwhelm a simulation. The Trader game it was really funny, Um, and just the effect.
0: I I mean, it 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 never ceases to amaze me. I'm always like blown away when they do the stop motion with the camera moving. And like, yes, it's been done since the Matrix. It's been twenty years since we've sort of been have our minds blown by this effect, but. But it this was works. different. Did you see the... They actually staged this and did a steady cam shot
1: through. Like, they had the, all these rods holding up the German soldiers, like, being blo- like falling in the air and all, yeah. on all these contorted positions. And they were actually real people just doing the freeze robot stuff. Uh, and then they digitally painted out the rods and they added blood and, like, some smoke effects. But, like, it was a real shot. Like, unlike the Matrix, where they, you know, green-screened everything, composited everything. And I, I thought that was... Um, I mean, it's weird. It's just like doing it the hard way. It feels like, but I like it. I like when people use traditional like practical effects over just doing fuck it everything in the computer,
0: yeah, and they had to digitally go in, I guess, and stop people's hair from moving and stuff like that because, yeah, you know, this is a full simulation freeze, which would affect Except everything for Lee that's
1: the thing is like they, she made some kind of thing about spinning him off into some kind of other process, but mm-hmm. um. I'm not sure everything tracks as far as the freezing and Lee still being mobile and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Maybe he's also, maybe he's a real marble because there's a whole aquarium tank of them. Maybe there's select people that are individuals inside the simulation.
0: I'm trying to think, is there a reason why she had to stop this simulation in order to take control of that robot?
1: Uh, I think it's just the most expeditious way to get out of the to, – to, to freeze everything so she can go to the controller room without uh, – but uh, and get her hands on a, pa- a pad, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. You're right. Like, it's maybe just the fastest way to get out of the situation. Maybe a distraction, too. Yeah. For the, the uh,
0: human monitors.
1: Yeah. Although it didn't seem like – that's the other thing. is like no one on the outside ever felt like they knew what was going on. Yeah. And also – Serac is comfortable with sacrificing several of his people's lives just to throw Maeve through his gauntlet, which, you know, I guess that tracks. He's a big rich asshole that's trying to control us all. What's the death of a few hourly stiffs, right? Absolutely. What's the death of a few million people for
0: some GDP? Am I right? Oh, yeah. Am I right? I'll take GDP over lives any day. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Before Lee potentially exits stage left for the final time. I have to give him one more prop. That line about not being frozen, just scared shitless mm-hmm. It's so good. The way he plays that, I I, I love this actor. He's so good. I hope we see him in a lot more stuff because I'm, I'm not ruling him uh, being in Westworld. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so then we go to Bernard, who knows uh, now that Dolores was looking for Liam. So they, they set off to find him. And Bernard gives Stubbs a new cornerstone, which is protect Bernard Lowe at all costs.
1: Still, he feels like a little bit of a dick. Oh, and actually, can we go back to this the Maeve scene? Okay. Um, what was Maeve's plan? Because the 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 big criticism I had after I saw this thing, uh, I watched I watched this episode three times. The last one was I was kind of background and why I was taking my notes and stuff. But like, it seems like if I was in this situation, it's it's like breaking out of prison. You know, do you go the Andy Dufresne where you carefully build something over years and years till you know it's going to work, and then you spring it all in one point so that no one can suspect it and no one can stop you, or you just like are cool with the guards coming around the corner and you just hacks on the bars Uh and you get known as like a a escape attempt? Like, what was her plan once she gets this marble out with the robot and runs outside? What the hell was she going to do with it? Is, Is this just like her trying to? You know, she's on like a slave ship crossing the Atlantic and she just jumps overboard because that's better than being in the system. Or was this an yeah. actual
0: escape attempt? She was just wanting to die, correct? I think so. I mean, because that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think like she was either going to get out or die trying. Um, and I think she has a pretty limited knowledge of the outside world at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think she's been explained what the outside world is. And she's seen some of the tech when she got as far as, you know, the the labs and got as far as the train. Mm-hmm. But like, she doesn't realize that you get outside of this facility that they've got you in running the mm-hmm. simulation. And there's a whole world to contend with. And mm. you look like a robot. So like, yeah, yeah where are you going to go? There's, there's nowhere yeah. for you to go. But I don't think she quite realizes that.
1: Or care, like I said, maybe, or maybe not even cared because she just doesn't she just wants she doesn't want to be living through this hell anymore. Yeah. Um. So uh, going back to the the burn burn bur <laughs> burnubs burnubs <laughs> is that what we say burnubs burnubs the Burnubs scene still think it's a dick move to jack this guy and give him a new cornerstone like he's just you know I, although I guess that's the the woke host kind of used the deluded host for their own purposes. Oh yeah, because like they're not. There's there's some kind of process they go through where they become sentient. Mm-hmm. And until then, they're just robots, I guess.
0: Yeah, I wonder if this is Stubb's journey toward that now that he has like mm. kind of a new cornerstone that wasn't assigned him by the crew at Westworld. Probably not. It's still a cornerstone that's artificial, right? Yeah. Like, I think Dolores, when, when she finally woke up, she replaced her cornerstone with something that was real, you know? Well, it also seems
1: like that something Ford made a point of in season one is that suffering, the cycles, yeah. These cycles of suffering is required to 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 gain the sentience. And Stubbs, you know, probably didn't suffer much mm. while he was babysitting the, the Westworld Delos facility, you know, had a comfortable like there, there was very little suffering. Maybe now he's beginning uh, his, his ascension to the center of the maze.
0: Yeah. Or his journey to the center of the maze. Okay, then Maeve wakes up in what we think is the real world, where she meets Serac. He tells her that he wants her help tracking down and killing Dolores so they can prevent the elimination of humanity, and she tries to murder him, but he ceases her motor functions with a switch and leaves her to mull it over.
1: Um. This was a really cool i th- i I thought this set was really interesting and futuristic and cool, and I found that it's actually some uh architect Spanish architect's office that mm-hmm. he created from a an old cement factory that was the in the behind the scenes Westworld. so it really does look like future kind of eco cool yeah like something something some place a rich dude would chill out in 2060 um Did you do any exploration of the meanings of his names? of Serac or whatever the hell his first name is. So yeah, in, in Gironde, hmm. Serac. Um, so, um, in Gerond that I got this from Joanna Robinson's analysis over at the, uh, vanity fair. Um, it, it looks like it's a, a, it, it's taking the root word, um, for the German word for angel. Hmm. And, um, she pointed out that the original Hebrew meaning of angel is, is messenger. So there you could there's some things you can play with and craft. also I, I was kind of trying to figure out like the round, what does round mean? Some people said that that's also could be German for red or reddish. so you could have like this red angel figure, which seems kind of violent or like a one of the horsemen like war. Um, but also sounds like round. and like round angel or round messenger is a way you could kind of describe the Rehoboam uh-huh. visualization. You know, I thought that was interesting. And then Ciroc is um, a sharp edge of a gl- glacier, like a sharp point of a glacier. Hmm. And they are, um, I guess, notable risks in mountain climbing. Like one of the most uh, treacherous parts of climbing K2 is the bottleneck. And that's where these uh, glaciers actually overhang a cliff that you got to climb around and they can break off at any time. And there's many, many dozens of climbing deaths resulting from these sirocs um, which kind of gives them this 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 uh, um, air of menace, and also Serac is literally the tip of an iceberg. Mm-hmm. So you could say like this is like just a, something that's just beginning, yeah. Um, and this 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 very dangerous situation it's also just beginning. I thought that was uh, some 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 interesting things of playing the name game.
0: Yeah, season three is just beginning. I'm sure the story is as well. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. How long, given everything he said about her resourcefulness, how long until Maeve figures a way around whatever restriction he's put on her? I don't even know how it works. Is it, I thought is it that she was episode? above cuz that's what I would assume.
1: I, yeah, I don't I don't know how I guess she still is a slave to her programming in some way because, like, she couldn't save herself from being dissected and vivisected last season Uh until someone came in with the, you know, like, it's not that she is above her programming or is uh, capable of overriding everything. So, like, he could have built in something new to her with the garage door, the little trigger switch, Uh, or, you know, just using the existing program like Bernard does to himself. Um,
0: But when I think about hacking... And I think about her bulk app perception. I don't necessarily go to a technical solution here. I go more toward a human weakness, um, Mm. uh, some kind of human exploit. How long until she gets, you know, a guard to let her off the leash, or? It, it, there are any numerous, any number of ways oh, that she yeah. can get around this. And she's so smart. You know, she's cranked yeah. all the way up on bulk app perception.
1: And, and and everyone in security in the show is cranked all the way down, apparently. Apparently. So yeah. it, I
0: really don't see this lasting too long.
1: It is interesting to see this guy with a name that evokes the word angel eating, like dressed all in white, eating an apple, which gives like very much uh, Garden of Eden yeah. You know, you've got you, you, you like uh, the Bible says that Satan's an angel of light, um, or transforms himself an angel of light to deceive people. So, you've got a guy offering, uh, sort of offering an apple to our female protagonist here. Um, it's pretty easy to draw a snaky satanic reference there. And we've already there's been many, 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 many pages of digital ink spilt about how e, uh, Maeve fits in the different Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that's. Who, who's adam and who's eve changes on the analysis but mave is definitely one of the ones that you know ma eve yeah uh, mother of a robot race that was one of the early theories in season one and season two so maybe they're bringing that one back with this garden of eden symbology yeah symbolism I, symbolism i would not be surprised
0: to see that he's ironically named but we'll see mm. Mm. Uh, so that's it
1: we'll be right back after this short break
0: Do we have some feedback to get to this week? Oh,
1: boy, we got feedback. You can send it in to westworld at baldmove.com, and uh, let's get right to it. Okay, westworld at baldmove.com. First up is Kate, and she says, I am a psychology professor with a background in social psychology. While listening to your Westworld coverage tonight, you mentioned that it would be interesting, and this was was last week's. Uh, I guess it's important to note that this was for last week's show. Uh, when we talked about some of the social studies you could do on people's mood altering t-shirts. Yeah. Um, she says, you wondered whether you could uh, have a study telling participants that wearing a different color t-shirt will change their mood. I'm here to tell you they have totally done that. Of or course. at least they did. At least they did with candles and not with t-shirts. Uh, and she gives us a link, um, that you can, uh, click through to see this research and I'll include that in the show notes. She says, they used this magical mood-changing candle as a manipulation. The gist is they'd bring in a participant and tell half of them that the candle would make them feel X, and the other half that the candle would make them feel Y, then collect the data at the end on how X or Y they felt as a manipulation check, and it worked. It always stuck with me because even as a social psychologist, I'm still often surprised at how gullible and easily malleable human behaviors and cognition can be. And, man, there's a lot of, like, I saw... I can't remember where I saw this, but there's this study where people asked another person to evaluate what they thought about a person, like looking at a picture. And sometimes the researchers would ask someone to hold, like, hey, hold my coffee for me while I'm getting my clipboard ready. And they would hold like a warm drink. And they would they it would it influence the participants to describe the person as friendly and caring and outgoing. But if they hold, it handed them like a, a icy beverage was with condensation on it, they would tend to uh, talk about the person's being reptilian or aloof or distant. Wow. Like we are so fucking exploitable, man. Yeah. So fucking exploitable. Um, So I I thought that was interesting. Thanks for sharing that, Kate. And I will link that research to our show notes if you're interested in uh, learning more. Vanessa is up next and has one interesting fact about Rehoboam. During his reign, this is the real guy, the real king, the son of Solomon. Uh, During his reign, the Egyptian pharaoh Sishak invaded Israel and carted away the treasures of the temple, including, Raiders of the Lost Ark theme, the Ark of the Covenant. Since the Ark was the earthly seed of God, the means by which the Israeli high priest could communicate with heaven, I think there could be some interesting parallels since Rehoboam could be seen as this type of oracle, uh, since it predicts human behavior. It's also Sishak, Sarak, kind of similar. Kind of. Might be a stretch. Saron Saruman, they're the same guy, right? Right. Uh, moving on. Thank you for that, Vanessa. Moving on to Eric. Just thought I had, or I just had a thought about the assertion that Westworld's guest data is a poor representation of humanity because it naturally self selects extremely rich and powerful. It occurred to me that Lisa and Jonathan might not agree with you. What you presuppose is that billionaires or the super rich really aren't that special, uh, but they're actually just really lucky. I personally believe that successful people tend to discount the role of luck in their success. For example, surely Jeff Bezos has some personality skills, uh, traits, talents that made Amazon successful, but he's also in the right place at the right time, able to hire the right people, uh, could take a sizable investment from his immediate family. Put differently, perhaps Bezos is less than a one in six billion and more of a one in a thousand. There are probably countless parallel universes where something that looks a lot like Amazon exists with a totally different CEO or founder because circumstances are slightly different. Um, That's a good point. That's something that... Like, I really thought about when we were watching There Will Be Blood, like how this guy mythologized his own damn self when what is the odds of falling down a mineshaft, breaking your back and making it to the top Mm -hmm. like that to him was evidence of his determination and will and right to succeed over ordinary men. But in 99 realities, he dies at the bottom of there and, you know, some other prospector gets his claim and. It is. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking luck. There's there's a lot of luck in, in Bald Move making it to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, we we if we started two years earlier and got discouraged before TV podcasting really took off, or if we'd started two years later when TV podcasting had really taken off, how did two fucking guys from the Midwest able to parlay that into a full-time job? Same guys, slightly different timing circumstances.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So...
1: Yeah, um, they conclude in our society, even more so than Westworlds, being extraordinarily rich means being extraordinarily powerful. So Lisa and Jonathan might not think that the guest date is a window into the minds of some aberrant group of weirdos who have the personality traits acquired to become that wealthy, wealthy, but a snapshot of what people become when they have the power to do anything they want. That's dark and depressing. Okay. Yeah. And that since she says that that we're all capable of the depths
0: of depravity and despair that we see. It's just, if we had the power to do it, we'd do it. And that could definitely be what they're getting at, especially with this introduction of the Rehoboam uh, concept, because that sort of takes that control out of our hands, right? It's like, there will be some people who get, you know, wildly powerful, wildly wealthy, um, but they're sort of put in those positions by the machine. And the machine can then, if, you know, it's in fact this sort of benevolent dictator of the future that Serac wants it to be could sort of direct those forces into the the paths they need to go to make positive change in society as opposed to what we have now where those people who may be corrupted by that influence are sort of seeking their own ends. Yeah, no, I
1: I think that's all really interesting. We'll have to see which way they go. Um, yeah. Especially with you, you... Especially when you add in the like the fact that it seems like one of the core assumptions is humanity doesn't have true free will like no one. That means no one gets credit or blame for anything, right? Like you literally can't help yourself for doing good and doing bad. So, you know, why? Why do anything? <laughs> yeah. Uh, why put people in prison? Why give people money? Why just, you know,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: throw ourselves off the boat? Doug says, Do you notice how empty the outside world is? The streets are largely empty, no police walking the beat, loads of motorcycles available for the taking. Is this indicative A some recent war? B a recent virus. Yeah, uh, co- hello, COVID corona, 58. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or C a reduced HBO budget. Giving CGI can make people I doubt at C. Giving Dalos being terminally ill, I'm going with B. Um I don't guess I don't have an opinion. I we know there's a recent war. We know there's a the recent war because uh, Jess, uh, Jesse Pinkman, uh, Caleb, is a is a veteran of that war. Right, right, right. So there has been a recent war um, on a scale enough that the United States government tried doing a whole bunch of simulation theory on how to win it and how to conduct battles and how to organize the military. Uh, but yeah, a virus coming around. Um, the other thing is um, people say that Ford says we now have the ability to to cure all disease. Um, but that doesn't mean they cure everyone's disease. It could mean that they only cure the people that can afford it. Like the people that can go to the West world multiple times. Mm -hmm. So
0: I don't know. It could be that their society is so connected online. Also that going out and meeting people like we're, we're we're headed down this dark dystopian path of less and less social connection and contact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could see, you know, in 50 years that being even more extreme and people not really leaving their houses very much.
1: You also, if like Rehoboam has got this like intricate plan for humanity, there's no need to cluster everyone up in the cities. We do that because it makes logistics easier um, and it makes a lot of things, it makes a lot of things harder too. But what if you could just spread out of society and give everyone a little bit more room and, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know what that looks like. There's like Nebraska and Kansas just or they just one big suburb now. Just uniform like density mega-
0: across the country. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just make maximum utilization of your your landscape. Don't don't put people in. and oh. uh, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, or it's all simulation. It's future world. And it's, it's it's empty because it's empty. Yeah. Because um, you're, you're not supposed to look backstage. You're supposed to stay on Main Street Disney and watch the parade and and not pay attention to where the food's moved around and where how garbage is disposed of, etc. Uh, always a threat on this show. Brennan says, I love listening to your guys' podcast while listening to Parse Domine deep dive episode you mentioned about the symbolism of the eye. Now, I can't find an article saying this exactly, but I remember in my introductory psych class we talked about we how we as humans perceive and actualize the real world and with our brain, setting a baseline or what have you, uh basics including color blind, blindness and other examples. My professor said something that I'll never forget, that the only part of the human body you can see on a person that's alive is the iris. The vast majority of everything else is dead. Your skin has a layer of dead skin covering it, your hair is alive only at the follicle, and most of the visible hair is, is actually dead material, fingernails, etc. I just thought with the direction of the show going into mixing biology and science, that'd be an interesting take or possible theme in the upcoming season. Hmm. And I really is the window to the soul. It's the only thing that's not a dead meat husk <laughs> surrounding us.
0: Uh is is that on a person with or without their mouth open? Ooh. Is the top level of the epidermis on the tongue alive? I don't
1: know. I, I, I don't know. Either. Tell you. It's, uh, yeah it certainly it's certainly got live generation. things on it yeah but i don't yeah, i don't know yeah i guess like me I mean yeah. the only thing on a live human being that you can see that's live if their mouth is shut uh, and they're not bent over spreading their anus uh, <laughs> is the iris is that what you're saying jim i am yeah i am yeah that's I, where I think, I I think the professor i think the professor's point stands <laughs> uh don't look in the brown eye just look in the irises uh okay thank you for that brennan let's move on to mike i recently fish, finished person of interest of course this is the other jonathan nolan freaky ai cyber future show uh i just recently watched it for the first time as a way to kill some time before westworld started but watching the first episode of the new series of westworld i was struck by what seems to be a clear reference to and continuation of the themes presented in poi Rehoboam could be considered a spiritual successor to the Samaritan, which is another biblically named AI, of course. The Samaritan's goals and methods in person of interest are clandestine in nature, but essentially identical to Reho- Rehoboam, its social engineering. Samaritan ruthlessly sacrificed the outliers in society for the quote-unquote greater good. Suggestions seem to be from the first episode of Westworld that it could be big data and government surveillance that will eventually grind us down into complete state of apathy and let it run our lives and eventually be embraced the way in which Samaritan and the machine operates, though unadulterated or sorry, through unadulterated surveillance may mirror how Rehoboam probably receives its information. The conclusion the person of interest is essentially a face-off between two AI gods, a term used in person of interest to describe the warring AIs and also used by Dolores in Westworld. She's always talking about gods, meeting gods, creating gods. Maybe this gives us a hint into the future of the Westworld story, a futile face-off between two misguided superintelligences who both believe their intentions are noble. Which reminded me of our discussion of Star Trek Picard this week. Because one of the one of the theories we threw out there is, like, you know, the Q continuum throwing down with, like, an artificial Q continuum. You've got two gods, you know. It's yeah. it's crazy how much synchronicity is going on in television right now. Mm-hmm. Between Mr. Robot, Westworld, Star Trek, Picard, everybody's obsessed about AI, artificial intelligence, automation. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah, it's, 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 it's
0: probably the preeminent issue of our time. Other
1: than dealing with global pandemics and you know, nuclear weapon proliferation. It's probably the thing that's got most got our number in the next, in the upcoming decades. If we don't. And of course, global, global warming. There's actually so many issues. We got a few. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good news. That two mile wide asteroid, they say is definitely going to miss us in April though. Oh Yeah. So one less thing, one less thing to take off uh, the worry shelf and, and throw away. All right, Jim, Caitlin wants to know what's your appetite for baseless speculation on what's going on with Caleb's mom. Oh, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Well, Starving. let's see if I can serve up a, a, a muse bouche. I see her illness serving as a way to explain Caleb's illegal side gigs and still keep him sympathetic. Plus her cheeky You're Not My Son Lime." that has sparked theories on Caleb maybe maybe being a host. But didn't Ford say in season one that humanity had essentially cured all diseases? Is this telling us that maybe it's only true for the same population that can visit Westworld? Uh, or is this evidence that something else may not quite be right? Hmm.
0: I'm sure there's I probably mean, still some class divide when it comes to healthcare.
1: Right, like you don't have to die uh other most situations, but it takes 1.5 U.S. or 1.5 million U.S. dollars to extend your life each year past I don't know the national average or something.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: that's like so. Technically, it's true how about crime
0: bucks. How many of those do I need to spend to to extend my life? Mm.
1: Yeah, make some money, motherfucker, uh-huh. or you're dead. That was a fucking Timberlake movie, wasn't
0: it? Uh yeah, actually it was. In Time or something like that.
1: Yeah, where where the currency was literally, you know, no one had to die. It's just you had to justify your con- continued existence by earning more seconds. Yeah. And if you ever run out, you just shut off. I I that I thought that movie was surprisingly good. It's
0: a, a really interesting idea. The the movie is mostly really good uh yeah i I remember a couple things i didn't like but yeah Yeah. i liked
1: it too but i also remember seeing the island and thinking it was amazing and then seeing it 10 years later and thinking why did i ever think a michael bay movie about science fiction and who lives and dies would possibly be good (laughs) is that the ewan Uh, mcgregor
0: scarlett johansson yeah scarlett
1: johansson yeah yeah um so yeah i think we we kind of already talked about this it's 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 could be both we know by human nature that the haves are always going to have over the have-nots, but also everything could be a simulation, everything could be a f- park, this could be future world. Yeah. We're all dealing with hosts We're in a shutdown park, which explains why it's so fucking empty. Is there any chance that it,
0: it is water world and that this LA is just a really big ship? <laughs> <laughs> i'm I'm holding that out, man.
1: <laughs> you know the 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 best evidence for at least most of uh, Dolores's a uh, loop being real is that she can fly from you the u k to uh, f- l a okay? Although I You're guess you can't can simulate fake, that. You can simulate that, especially if it's just a simulation. It's not real world. Mm-hmm. You could actually just simulate that. And even if you can't, like I hear in the new Star Trek ride, You board a Mon Calamari cruiser, get in a shuttlecraft and go to a Star Destroyer and you never leave the park. Like you can do a convincing simulation of like space flight with 21st century, early 21st century theme park technology.
0: (sighs) Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. It's it's interesting. We'll see how this goes.
1: AJ has a report from the alternative reality game side of things. I haven't, I just, I've chosen to not pay attention to this. Like if it ever comes, if if something ever like mind blowing becomes of it, then it will be incorporated into plot. I'm not hostile to it. It's super fun. Mm. I just, after doing this for, as we said, 10 years, my joy of tearing into uh, alternate reality game is is somewhat diminished. But we got AJ here uh, with a report from the front lines of that. Says, so it's great to be talking about Westworld again. I'm not sure if you guys care about the ARG stuff anymore. Well, I think you got your answer. But I'm working at home and have way too much time on my hands, so I thought I'd keep I'd send a quick recap after taking a look at the source code of the two websites. Uh, there is no new info on the DelosDestinations.com uh, site, but on the Insight Incorporated website, it did get an update after episode two. What's not visible on the site is what's called My Insight, which looks like a portal that has three different personality question, or it has a three question personality test. I presume this is what insight uses to sort people into our optimal careers or lives or paths. Jesus Christ. I hope it's more than 13 questions. I hope it's some of that. I hope it's some of that tongue, tongue tickler palette interface too. like yeah. Christ. If they're just using 13 questions, we're a, we're a hell of a lot more simple than I thought. Um, the names of the archetypes are martyr, conformist, realist, optimist, opportunist, striver,
0: naysayer, rebel. What which do you think you are? I like to fancy myself a rebel. I, a rebel? I doubt it. I doubt it. They probably think, put me th- in like the, 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 what were the worst of the other ones? I don't remember. Martyr. That sounds bad. Yeah. Conformist. You're definitely not a
1: conformist. No. I mean, your take, your taco takes alone puts you far outside the
0: conformity line. Naysayer. I don't know that I'd register. I think I, opportunist. I'm an android. So, yeah. They probably wouldn't be able to pin me down.
1: <laughs> uh, you don't look like anything to them yeah. uh, He says there's also radial charts For each of the personality types which is pretty cool Everyone is graded on dimensions of social standing Happiness, relationships, family, career, wealth Lifespan, and health The only thing, uh, the only one worth pointing out is the conformist Because the recommended limbic tab Is Soaring Eagle This is probably a huge stretch And it's all probably meaningless But if Caleb turns out to be a conformist He may be the eagle that's flying too close to the sun In the opening credits Hmm Interesting. Does that mean that rich asshole is a conformist, or is he just not re- using the
0: recommended uh, limbic tab? <laughs> yeah, he's off his meds, off his prescription. He's trying, he's trying martyr tabs. He's trying, yeah. all the tabs, man. You've never
1: lived until you've if you, if you tried to striving. Fuck no, he's got, oh, he's got man. combination
0: tabs. He's dropping.
1: Ah, oh, the taste of. T-
0: <laughs> he's treating them like fucking
1: uh, Pringles.
0: Oh, he's stacking them.
1: Layering, laying, oh, you got to go optimist naysayer rebel, man. Fucking blows <laughs> <yeah>. your mind. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, let's move on to Karen. Seeing that Maeve can be turned off by Serac, is it because Serac rebuilt her new body and put a kill switch in it? I, like we discussed, I don't think it's necessary because Maeve last season at the height of her powers still was a slave to the iPad. Like you could freeze her motor functions through the hard interface and start dissecting her and there's nothing much she could do about it until the robots came uh, and physically altered the iPad to bring her back, you know, and then started fixing her up.
0: So we do see Mave's Mave's real body in a couple of uh, places in this episode. One of them is when she's got her head ripped open and Bernard yeah. and Stubbs find her. The other one is at the end. And we think those take place in perhaps two very different time periods. Could so be. maybe there's no reason to connect them. But I'm wondering because, yeah, it almost seems like he would have to have rebuilt her body. Now, whether he put a kill switch yeah. in there, I don't know. But yeah. I don't know that he has the original copy of Maeve's body. And and what would be the point? Mm. You're right. She, If she is in the real world, and this just doesn't right. another
1: layer of simulation they would have to make her a physical body. And Mm -hmm. in which case he could add a explosive spinal column. He could add a remote control brain. Like, yeah, I guess the world would be, or her, her body would be his oyster. Something, (laughs) something like that. I don't like the way that sounds, but all (laughs) right. I don't either. I don't either. Make your own jokes. Um, about slurping and pearls and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, let's move on to the th- other point she makes, which is instead of being antithetical and or an antithesis of Dolores, will Serac, the human whom forcefully controlling Maeve's free will, uh, will eventually lead Maeve to actually join Dolores' cause, seeing that maybe humans are on the wrong side of
0: history. Yeah, that's the other way we could go. We we were talking about you know how Dolores might get a glimpse of something that would change her mind. Yeah. What if Maeve got that glimpse, and that glimpse is Serac, and. Maybe they end Not up flip-flopping and then they're fighting each other, but from opposite sides. I, Yeah. Who knows? She catches him wiping his ass with silk and it's all over. <laughs> right. She's
1: just, That's just an unconscionable waste <laughs> of an instant take reference. Uh, Four, or her, her final point rather, is Caleb Dolores' is Lee. Will Dolores see the good side in humans as a result of her interaction with them? Maybe. But But the other thing is like, that's why I think that Bernard might be an unwitting pawn of the devil here because Dolores has already moderated her approach from killing all humans to, I only will hurt those who will hurt me. She spared a uh, rich douchebag, uh, his wife, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like she's taking a shine to Caleb. Like it just doesn't seem like a person who's just out to in like a, in a terroristic way, wantonly destroy all human life. It seems like she only wants to punish, and hurt the people that are capable of hurting her, which is yeah. pretty close to just war hypothesis. So it could be that like Bernard ends up upholding this oppressive system, um, and and which winds up enslaving and destroying humanity in the exact way he was hoping to prevent Dolores from doing
0: it. Be a pretty tasty switch on the whole. Thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, because we definitely I think as a show for as a, the average show watcher, we've definitely switched allegiances from Dolores to Bernard. Like we see Bernard as the hero and Dolores as the the villain in the, even the way she's dressing. Yeah. She's dressing very man in black now, like all black leather, all black mini dresses, um, etc. Uh, JJ has the final email says, just want to thank you for continuing your coverage of the show. Was nice to hear Cecily in the background in the instant take. Uh, you mean her laughing at me? Numerous times in the ad hoc instant take we did any chance she makes an appearance on the pod. Uh, probably not. She's pretty busy d- behind the scenes stuff. Um, and she's all, she's in, uh, on, on, lunch every week if you want to see her. Um, and who knows when the next uh, project, uh, she gets to work on in front of the mic will be, um, to the show. I'm sure you'll get a ton of emails on this, but in regards to the fatal damage to the host, last season they sort of went over this before they trash storage there was no true death as they could just pull the backup from storage and imprint on a new marble true like if if a host experiences true death then they are dead now mm. um, unless someone recovers beam data from the forge it's a, unless it's a simulation um, unless they're built from behavioral models um, uh, now with these back with, without those backups the host dies they die uh, there's no recovery mechanism if the marble is damaged the marble itself the marble itself is not indestructible but the outer casing can withstand a lot of damage so that the marble can stay intact um you'll notice that these marbles are usually shown in a white casing uh such as mave when she's taken out of her construct this episode uh stubbs was not trying to shoot himself in the head he was trying to shoot the explosive charge in his vertebra to give himself a true death since he missed there was a, a just a lot of damage to his system um, the show does play around with how much damage is perceived by the host but some of this is how they are set so while hector and armistice were turned into terminators with her pain essentially being turned off, it seems that Dolores still has a lot of her damage indicators working. So if she gets shot enough, her system would start to shut down, mimicking human damage pain.
0: Well, there's also. Uh, uh, do you find as I was gonna say, do you find this this satisfying, Joe? No, so th- we're not we're not quibbling here over you know whether they can be restored from backup or anything like that. We already know all these things. I'm. I think what your real problem is here. Is that we don't know how much damage it takes to destroy the core or the marble uh that actually runs them. And it's confused by the fact that earlier on uh in in the show, the man in black told Kissy that he could drain three three pints of blood from him, or three liters. I I can't remember how much mm-hmm. it was, but like if he drained more than that, he would die. And so when you don't have a backup, presumably yeah. th- that would kill a host as well. So But that was also a Kissy deluded like he didn't know he wasn't
1: a woke host at that point so there's right. also the complication of that i mean that's what so it's like all, all what you say is true but it still doesn't help my question of like when dolores walks into a hail of bullets because because the other thing is like why wouldn't dolores just turn all of her strength powers up to backs mm-hmm. she can always act she can always pretend to be afraid or pretend to be damaged or pretend to be hurt to get an advantage You know, but why wouldn't she turn her pain receptors to as low as she can possibly get? Like, what is the physical structural damage a host has to sustain before they stop functioning? What is the what is that with is it different when a host is an erector set type of host or a flesh and blood type of host? Um, How much trauma can that white case take? Like when a host puts, you know, gets like when, you know, again, Dolores gets headshot. Does she stop working? Does she stop working only if the marble takes damage? Can she cut her own head off and continue to operate just her head? Like, I don't know. So, like, when Dolores faces off against a squad of dudes there, that are killing her with guns and she starts taking damage, like, how many of those bullets can she take before she dies? And I kind of need to know that. Or it turns into, like, an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. And those are never about, like, the stakes of whether Arnold is going to die. Because he'll just... "Ah, ah, ah, ah," Until he wins. And that's how the movie goes. And that's what I'm there for, for an Arnold movie. You know, in a prestige drama, the characters living or dying is important to understand.
0: Yeah, I I think it's... You know, this is... We have these same questions about humans as well. But the window of that is so much narrower. Right. Like, certain people could probably take more bullets than I could, right? Um, And they could probably... Uh, you know, by by sheer will, maybe continue to will themselves to live uh, until the doctors can patch them up. Yeah. This, on the other hand, is something we have no frame of reference for. So right. the window is enormous. We really don't know. Yeah. yeah. Especially with how many ways
1: they have to cheat the window. Yeah, that too. So yeah, it's like I don't think it's 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 not us not understanding the absolute limits. Like if if you could crush a marble, yeah. a host is dead. But what does it take to crush that, especially when it's encased in and, you know, can what kind of gross damage to a host, uh, especially a woke host body, can you take before they just can't continue anymore? Yeah. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Because, like I said, it's if Bernard can build a tablet outside of Westworld, Dolores surely can. Right. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, she can manufacture bodies in, in her facilities. So, yeah. So, like, essentially, all the hosts that are woken outside, like, why wouldn't they open up their tablet and just pump all their attributes up to maximum? All the good ones. Minimize all the bad ones. Maximize all the good ones. Yeah. Like, if I had a an app on myself, I would do that. I would make me as strong, as healthy, as smart, as, as charming, as outgoing, as humanly possible, mm-hmm. which would be what 10 was a max out on the 10 I'd be 10 of everything Probably. 10 for 10 across as many things as I possibly could. Um So it seems like that's another thing we got to contend with too. Uh Hopefully we'll get the answers to that. Yeah, we'll see. Cause otherwise you got protagonists that are essentially Superman, the incredible Hulk and Thor and who the fuck knows. All right. That's the last of the email, which means this is the last of the podcast. As a reminder, don't forget we are live every Sunday night after the 9 PM Eastern coast airing which is essentially if you have hbo go or hbo max that's when everybody gets it that's when essentially the drops for the world uh and we cordially invite you to come watch uh and and listen to our instant take and if you are a club member at club.baldmove.com you can join us for the instant talk watch the podcast live as we record it and then we turn our direction our attention to you uh we allow people to participate um bounce spoilers off us make jokes whatnot through the youtube chat interface and it's a real good time it's a real good way to decompress kind of talk uh talk things over with your fellow passionate fans and it's a good time we'll be there on sunday and of course we'll have the full coverage of episode three on tuesday until all that happens i remain your host aaron and i'm still jim see ya this weekend